welcome to the Twinkie Chronicles podcast, where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. This is your host, Kathy Garrett, aka Twinkie Number One, and I have one of my great friends, Miss Bethany Emerson, here today. Say hey, Bethany. Hey, good to be here. We are so glad to have you. Oh boy. All right, so let's start off with a little bio about you and your cute little family. <laughs> yes, so my name is Bethany, as Kathy already said, and I, uh, well, I currently live in Orange County, California, the other Orange County, um, as we called it, because we did have a short stint over there in Orlando um, for a couple of years and enjoyed that Orange County very much as well, mm-hmm. um, but mostly been in California my whole life, Southern California. I uh, officially have a degree in graphic design, but my current job title is mom. And I have an almost two-year-old boy right now. His name is Micah. And baby number two is on the way right now, due in December. So our family is growing. We're excited about that. And my husband, Nate, and I have been married for a little over five years. He's a software architect. And for many years, we both worked behind computers. It wasn't until recently that I was finally able to step away from my desk job, and now I feed snacks to a toddler 24-7, but it's the best job I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't that the truth? 24-7. Mom, can I have a snack? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I need a snack. (laughs) Of course. Let me get that for you. (sighs) All right. What do you love most about yourself post-children? Yeah. uh, That's a a tough question there I feel like I when I think about post children there are a lot of things I think on the opposite end of that spectrum the things that I don't like now that I've had a child there are a lot of about myself personally I love the I love the child love my family um but you know what I think even the hard things are are things that I appreciate and what I love the most is how much having a child has stretched me as a person and caused me to grow um I've learned just I learned what I'm really capable of doing, that I'm, that I can do really hard things and um, that my, my entire perspective on what's difficult and what isn't has completely changed. I feel like having a child does that to you. Um, And I really think outside myself more. Um, My, my, uh, my bubble has grown Mm -hmm. (laughs) a bit to accommodate a small child. Um, So um, and I really love that. I love that I've, I've grown and I've changed as a person. So, um, yeah, I think I had another guest who was like, well, having children brought out all the sin in my life and taught me mm-hmm. how selfish I was. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think for me too, like it's brought out a lot of my selfishness and, you know, whatever season we're in, especially like the lack of sleep when I had my first was horrible that was so hard on me and my body and like on my mental health but it's um, taught me a lot of grace not only with with my children and but grace towards myself and grace towards my spouse like it's just really a beautiful picture of how to I think that that's the first time in my life I've ever been taught like true grace and mercy through parenting and through parenting with my spouse Mm-hmm. And I think that you do a beautiful job of emulating that. So for those of you that don't know, Bethany and I used to be neighbors um, when so they were close. here. Yeah, um, when they were here in uh, Orlando, and Bethany was one of our many 
amazing friends who stepped up to help care for our girls when um, after I had my AFE and just we just needed extra help and support and our girls call call you Auntie Boo and just adore you and Micah. Claire talks about Micah all the time and um, we adore your family so much and I think, like I said, you've done a beautiful picture of emulating that not only to Micah and your husband, but emulating that to my kids as well. Mm. Oh, that's, that's very sweet of you. Thank you. Oh, you're and welcome. I agree, Grace, man, you learn that you have that you have more of it than you thought you did and also less of it than you thought you did at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like all wrapped into one, like uh -huh. more and less all at the same time which yes. can be overwhelming, but you get through it. You do. Yeah. Um, do you feel like there's a big stigma around mom asking for help postpartum? Um, uh, I definitely do. <laughs> uh, I think it's, it is in the process of changing. I think it has in some, um, in some circles and hasn't in others. And I still think there's a lot of growth in this department. Um, and uh, I, I really think that this question is twofold because I think that there's a stigma around asking for help physically, asking mm -hmm. for help after having a baby and also mentally too. I think that they're, I think they're separate. I think sometimes people can be more comfortable asking for one than the other. Um, but physically, I, I just don't think that people comprehend the amount of time that it takes for a woman's body to fully heal after having a baby. And so um, when it comes to asking for help, um, uh, it's, I think that people think the window of time in which a woman can ask for help is very small. And in fact, the, 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 the wound in a woman's body after, after having a baby is the size of your placenta. And the placenta is not small. It's mm -hmm. very large. And I mean, it kept a, a baby alive for nine months in your womb. Um, and it's a big wound and it takes many months for the body to actually fully heal from that. And, and while it's healing, you're taking on a task of learning a completely new job and you don't have anyone to train you. There's no supervisor making sure you have the proper equipment. The IT department is setting things up for you. Um, and, and no one making sure you get settled in and you know how everything works and, oh, I'm here if you have any questions. It just doesn't exist for moms. It's uh, you often have Google and uh, yourself and handouts from the doctor with notes on, you know, how to take care of yourself at home and who to call if you need help. But women don't always use that. Um, and at the end of the day, I think there are there's really three types of people. Um, I think there's those that have haven't experienced childbirth and maybe are just unaware of all of that and what a woman goes through after having a baby. Um, and then I think there are um, women who are, have experienced it and are still experiencing it right now and just aren't in a place to help other women because they're also healing. And then there's a lot of women who have experienced it and, um, and still have the mentality of, well, I survived it and so will you. <laughs> um, and, and there's just not a lot of um, people wanting to change wanting to change from that mm -hmm. um, and say, no, we, our bodies went through something really, really tough. Um, and uh, we, we, we need to have more understanding for women who went through that and, and encourage them to ask for help mm -hmm. and, and know that it takes a long time for the body to heal. Um, and it shouldn't be, 
shamed or thought of as, um, you know, uh, the woman should just take care of it herself. You know, well, I did it. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard before that it takes two years from the time you stop nursing for your body to fully heal from pregnancy and delivery. So if you nurse for a year, then you're talking three years or, you know, like yeah. in your case, you've already become pregnant before two years. So it's going to take a couple of extra year, maybe a year or so for your body to fully heal. And I went, I mean, that's what we did as well. And I'm okay now, but I'm, I mean, obviously my, my circumstances were very unique, but yes. I'm still healing even two and a half years out. And I think regardless of if it's having a child or a surgery, people don't always realize, um, you know, there's, let's say it's a knee surgery, you know, doctors say six to eight weeks, but sometimes it takes longer and that's okay too. Like, I think that we need to be holding space for whatever your journey looks like in healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And sometimes there's underlying underlying issues that came from the delivery that you don't even realize for a very long time. And you're wondering why you're not feeling and, and that takes even longer. Um, you could have, you know, thyroid issues afterwards or things like that. And down the road, you're wondering why, you know, why this or that. So yeah, it takes a long time. And I don't think there should be any shame around asking for help when you need it. Um, and mentally, I think that there's a lot of shame around that. Maybe shame, guilt, embarrassment, um, a, a variety of feelings that mm -hmm. that envelop the idea of asking help, um, asking for help postpartum um, for anything ha happening mentally, um, whether it's anxiety or depression or a number of other things. Um, it's it's hardly talked about. It has been hard, hardly talked about for a long time, and I do think that. Um, a lot of people are becoming more open about mental health in general. Um, I think a lot of women, though, are experiencing m mental issues postpartum and realizing that no one's speaking up about them. Nobody's talking about it. And um, just like we're expected to, you know, figure out our new job of motherhood on our own, I think there's this idea that we're also supposed to deal with our emotions on our own as well. Um, and and I don't think that's the case. I think in, in both yeah. spectrums, it's okay to ask for help. Um, yeah. I, and, and it's interesting, you know, babies are, are supposed to be celebrated, right? Culturally, baby, congratulations. You post a picture online and on social media and everyone replies, yay, congratulations. I'm so happy for you. But sometimes that mom isn't feeling happy. And, and the little baby in the picture just looks like a complete stranger to them. And they're wondering if they'll ever feel connected and that magical love they're supposed to feel for that new child. And they're processing those feelings uh -huh. and, you know, everyone else is, is, is responding the way they should now that a baby has arrived, but that mom feels off and it feels wrong to the mom. She feels embarrassed and confused why she can't respond the way she's supposed to. Um, and, you know, when, when someone passes away, we leave space for both grieving and celebrating life at the same time. And those are two really complex emotions and we're able to handle both of them at the same time. And I think that we should have that same grace um, applied to, um, to new life as well. Absolutely. That oftentimes, yeah, in those situations, the mom is celebrating and also 
she's grieving too in some ways she may be she there 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 should be space left for that mom to grieve if she needs to as she's mm-hmm. becoming an entirely different person um her identity is changing she took on a new title she might need the time and space to to say goodbye to who she was before and figure out who she is now um and like i personally i know i needed that so yeah <laughs> that was was a lot (laughs) no that was a lot of feelings that was uh yeah that was a great answer I think um I had two thoughts while you were talking uh one thought was you know I've seen before that you know just reaching out to a new mom on social media and saying like hey these feelings may or may not come up if they do feel free to reach out to me so there's at least one person in their life that is saying like if you're not feeling rainbows and sunshine, that's okay and I'm here for you. And mm-hmm. I think, like, for me personally, I did not bond with Chloe Ann for nine months. And again, my circumstances were very unique. Um, I had extremely severe birth trauma. Um, but it wasn't until I spoke with another AFE survivor who said, yeah, that happened to me too, that I was like, okay, like there's nothing wrong with me. We will get there. It's just not happening right now. And like I said, it took nine months and now Chloe Ann and I have an amazing relationship. I, I mean, far are the days that I was not connecting with her emotionally. And, you know, given everything that I went through, it hundred percent makes sense. Like she didn't meet me until she was two and a half weeks old. I didn't get to hold her until she was three and a half weeks old. And I wasn't even home until she was a month old, you know? So like it hundred percent makes sense that she would be more bonded to my husband. And I think I felt less than because I wasn't the mom soothing her and feeding her and taking care of her. And I just physically could not, I needed to heal myself. I didn't understand how complex my case was. And now that she's a little bit older, she <laughs> she has become a little bit uh, more of a mommy's girl. And one day I was teasing Eli. I was like, are you going to be mad if she becomes a, a mommy's girl? And he was like, yes, she's mine. You cannot take her. <laughs> he was like, you have Claire and I have Coco. And uh, even Claire will say, I'm a mommy's girl. Chloe Ann's a, a daddy's girl. Oh. And not that it's a competition. We sure. both love our children equally in different ways also like another point I wanted to bring up is so I bonded immediately with Claire when I had the c-section they brought her to me and I was just immediately over the moon in love with her and then when I had Chloe Ann like I said I didn't even meet her awake until she was two weeks old and it was like who is this person I have no idea like I didn't remember being pregnant anything so I was just like I have no idea who this person is. How am I supposed to bond with her? But I think being a little bit more removed now, I've realized they're two different people. Regardless of if I had had a quote unquote normal delivery with my second, the reality is I probably would have bonded with her differently because she's a different person than my first. And I think we need to be talking about these conversations so a mom doesn't think like, oh my goodness, I'm insane. Like I'm not bonding with my baby properly or you know like with Claire I had very extensive intrusive thoughts and um it 
I thought someone, if I was honest about it, someone was going to take my baby away or, you know, put me in a hospital or, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that should not be the case. It really, you know, it's not just that we are um, processing hard things, which we are, it's that our, our body is chemically changed in that moment as well. And there is a chemical component too that has to be taken into account. And it's often I think we feel like it's, it's our fault, like we should be able to fix it, that we're feeling this way or that. And that other people are going to see it as that as well, that they're going to see us experiencing these, you know, like you said, maybe it's intrusive thoughts or it's depression, it's anxiety, whatever it is. And they're going to um, hear that we're experiencing that and their response will be, uh, you know, this is clearly our fault and we need to fix it. And, um, you know, that's, that's not the case. You know, oftentimes it's, it's really something chemical going on in our body. It's trying to adjust to everything that just happened to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that's why, uh, it should especially be, um, uh, we should, we should feel very comfortable talking to doctors about it. If we're experiencing any sort of um, mental, emotional problems postpartum. Um, cause I do think they can help us and there should not be any shame or guilt, um, around that. I think it is, is very important that we do take care of it. Yeah. And I think also like we need to be pushing for moms to have more than just the six week visit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, my pediatrician was thankfully very good at asking me, well, how are you doing? Is there anything that you're struggling with? I mean, she's a mom as well. And a close family friend so she you know is just amazing in um, knowing kind of the signs and things to look for and so she helped me get connected with a therapist um, to work through the birth trauma that I had with Claire too because you know we had failure to progress and then I had to go to c-section and then I had the uterine infection so all of that was very hard to deal with on my own and there shouldn't be any shame around asking for help. It doesn't make you less than a person or less than uh, a parent, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. what is this, can you talk a little bit about what this experience has been like for you personally? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, well, first of all, physically, I was very blessed. <laughs> I, I really had an amazing community around me. Um, I did not feel like I couldn't ask for help. I had my, I had people who showered me with meals and and gifts and kind words. I had my mother and my mother-in-law both helping out and I love them both. So that was very helpful. Um, they would, they, they both, um, gave me breaks, time to rest. They cooked meals, they changed diapers. They, they really made sure that I had time to heal and recover. Um, so like, I, I really was, I was incredibly blessed when it came to my physical healing. Um, and, and the funny thing is like, I don't really know how I would have done it without them. And so I, I truly can't comprehend what it's like for other women who don't have any sort of support system or have a very small support system. Um, because I really, I, I was very well supported physically, um, and mentally, uh, mentally it was difficult. I think there was, there was, there were people there to help and support me. I just don't think I was as prepared for it as I could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing like I had a, I had baby blues after 
um, I had Micah. And for me, it was almost embarrassing in some ways because my personality changed so quickly. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like it happened gradually. It just happened overnight. And so by the time it was gone, which is like two weeks later, I, I felt like I was still trying to process if it was all in my head or if it was really happening. And I just wasn't myself. I'd never, ever experienced depression like that before. I couldn't control my feelings. I would burst into tears, no reason at all. And I like often wondered, am I ever, am I ever going to be myself again? And, you know, there was a fear of if it lasts longer than two weeks, you should always tell your doctor. And I thought, oh my gosh, what if I get postpartum depression and this lasts even longer? It was scary. Um, and I, I'm very thankful that my mom was there. I think she helped me the most. <laughs> and I, I very, very distinctly remember being up at two o'clock in the morning and talking to her and just sobbing and telling her how I felt and her just telling me everything was going to be okay and that this was normal and just encouraging me with her words. And I, I just was sitting there. I felt so lost and alone and her words just felt like this. It felt like a warm hug wow. <laughs> is the best way I can describe it. It just was so, it was what I needed in that moment. And I just hope that, you know, other women who experience things like that have people like that in their life as well, that just let them know. And I wish there was, that let them know that, you know, this is normal. It's okay to feel this way. Um, and um, we'll sit and process through those feelings with them. Um, and also I think that women should be even more prepared than they are for what they're going to experience. You know, not just know the terms. You may experience baby blues or postpartum depression, but know like you should have a support system, have a plan. This is what it may feel like. This is what it may do to mm -hmm. you. Um, and, and just, for me, it was, I, I, you know, figured it out as I went along, but that was the hardest part for me was what happened mentally. Yeah, I think, um, I love that you called it a plan because after my first, my mom, I can't remember how long she came. I think she came for a full week and that was, that was great to have an extra set of hands. She was the only one who could burp Claire at first. It was amazing to just <laughs> feed her and then hand her over. Um, but then, you know, after that initial month or so, we had obviously less visitors and part of that was great in that you know we got to develop our routine as a family of three but then there was a lot of hardship um in figuring that out especially dealing with the sleep deprivation like I said it's it was very hard on my body and on my mental health um but also um I had seen a mental health counselor almost through my entire pregnancy with Chloe Ann trying to prepare for this birth and you know have more support and she was going on maternity leave just a few weeks before I was due she was having her own baby and she gave me a whole list of phone numbers and you know like you said we had a plan that if this is happening call this number if this is happening call this number and that was a game changer for me mm -hmm. especially having the birth trauma now she did like kind of come out of her maternity leave and she came over our house one day and brought us a meal and gift for, gifts for the kids um and that was amazing to because I remember it was shortly after Halloween and Halloween was the first day that I was like angry that the AFE happened and I think that all of the feelings were finally starting to catch up to me and she came maybe a day or so after that and she was like you know what it's okay for you to be angry it's understandable that you're angry this happened and that was the first step 
towards my healing. And mm -hmm. there are moments now still even that I am not ang angry is the wrong word, sad maybe, uh, feel overwhelmed that it happened. But, you know, having just one person tell me, it's okay for you to feel angry. And sometimes I want to kick my, well, no, not sometimes, all the time. I want to kick myself because years ago when one of my sisters had their first baby, they were grieving their birth plan. And I was like, I did not understand. I was very much like, well, you and the baby survived. Why, why are you grieving this birth plan? And now looking back, I'm like, that was such an idiot remark. Even though I never said it to her, I had that mm -hmm. thought. And, um, you know, I wish looking back, I would have just been there for her and tried to meet her where she was and realizing that it's okay to grieve your birth plan. Like you said, you're becoming a new person and not that it's the death of the old person. Or if you feel that way, that's okay too. Um, mm -hmm. I don't feel like there's necessarily a death of a old person, but you know, it's coming into my new person of being not only a mom to now two children, but you know, an AFE survivor and a stroke survivor, um, you know, has been, has been challenging to learn, but you know, we've been very lucky as well. And I'm so thankful I've gotten to meet your mom. She's amazing. And your mother-in-law as well. Um, mm -hmm. it, I'm so thankful you, you, like I said, had that one person to say, it's okay that you're feeling this way. It's going to be okay. You will get through this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it makes a huge impact. It really does. And yeah, I'm, my mom and my mother-in-law are wonderful people. I'm glad you got to meet them too. And I truly do appreciate just that one person in my life that said that to me. It, it um, our, our feelings should be affirmed as moms, no matter what they are, you know, joyful, angry. We're going to feel all the feelings. I think the expectation is that we feel nothing but joy and excitement. Um, when in reality, we will feel all of the feelings. <laughs> And all of them should be affirmed and allowed. There should be space for all of them. Yeah. Um, if you're not comfortable answering this question, I can always edit it out. But I'm just curious if now going through what you went through in your postpartum period with Micah, do you feel like you're setting anything up for this and preparing for this second uh, pregnancy and delivery? Absolutely. I think... Um, having gone through it the first time, I already know who my people are. Wow. Um, because, you know, they kind of came out of the woodwork the first time. It was, you know, the people that were there for me when I was really um, struggling mentally um, or physically, whatever it was. Uh, this time around, I, I feel like I'm entering into it with more confidence because I know um, there are people who, who saw me at my low points and were there for me and, um, said the right things and encouraged mm -hmm. me well. Um, and so going into it this time around, um, you know, just letting those people know, you know, thank you for being there for me last time. Um, will you be there for me again this time? And just setting myself up for success there and just knowing who those people are and that I can go to them if, if I need anything during that time. Mm -hmm. What is one piece of advice you found most useful during parenthood, and or pregnancy? Yeah, um, good question. I, I found, I think there was a lot of advice I received and a lot of it was very useful and I appreciated it. But the one that stood out the most to me 
um, after Micah was born, mm -hmm. I just remember worrying a lot, feeling like um, a lot of the moms I spent time with, their kids were a little bit older and I always um, admired them for the attention they gave their children, um, their ability to, even even you, Kathy, oh, like you're so sweet. You know, your, your desire to um, set up activities for your girls and um, uh, surround them with, with toys that are going to help them to grow um, and, uh, uh, you know, um, educate them. <laughs> Uh, things like that and just just doing momhood really well and so having an infant <laughs> I think I put a lot of pressure on myself at the beginning every time he was awake I felt like I needed to be looking straight at him I needed to be making him smile I needed to be making him laugh I needed to do an activity with him I needed to hold him 24 7 which I think as much as you can you should do those things but um but my mom was the one again who stepped in and just kept reminding me but I'm still a person and I still need to live my life and, um, and he's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I needed to do something for myself every now and then. And to, to set him down for a second is not a problem. If that's what, if that's what I need to do. Um, and let someone else hold him for a moment, take a break, take a shower, yeah. <laughs> rest for a couple minutes. Um, it's going to be okay. And it was, yeah. and he's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I think that for me was was some really useful advice that I received at the beginning. That's amazing. I'm so glad for that. Well, thank you again, Bethany, so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Um, I look Thanks for having yes, me. Yes, yes. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. You've been listening to the Twinkie Chronicles podcast, where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.